But you know, the Lord uh, laid on my heart just some principles that I want to run by you. And it's something that, kind of facing the new year, we all need to do. And I'm going to go through this real quick because we have some testimonies that are powerful from last week of some physical healings that took place. The Word of God commands us to be thankful in everything, not to be anxious. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7 up here on, your, on the screen, be anxious for nothing. And there is a lot of anxiety in our culture today. You know, with all of the conveniences that we have, the modern conveniences, all the work-saving devices and inventions that have been given, it seems like in all the financial security that we have, we are the richest generation on the face of the planet in the history of the earth. And yet anxiety is ripping people apart. People are turning to drugs and alcohol and other life-controlling substances to try to find some relief and some freedom because they're full of anxiety. The devil is a thief. He's come to kill and to steal and to destroy. And he's come to steal your peace. He's come to steal your joy. He's come to, come to steal the peace and unity of a local church. And yet, Paul says, don't be anxious for anything. You know, it's not God's will that we're anxious, that we're full of anxiety and stress. Last week, Dave Ford, in words of knowledge, called out people with headaches, and then he said the word, Lord gave him a word that many of these headaches are caused because, remember, stress. God wants you to be at peace. What's the opposite of anxiety? What's the solution? In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Cast your care on him. Peter said, because he cares for you. Cast all of your anxiety, another translation says, and then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That word guard, guard is a word like garrison. It's a military term. Is God, when you submit everything to him in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, letting your requests be made known to God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will God will put a garrison before your mind that he will guard and protect you like two soldiers standing at the gateway to your mind. And when someone approaches that's going to bring anxiety or some situation, the soldiers that Christ will place before the gateway of your mind will stand in unison and they will cross swords to keep anxiety out of your life. Thing is, is we have to apply the principle of casting our care on him, casting our anxiety on him, and being thankful. And thankful people, you know, they have characteristics, they have habits. We're preaching a new year when people make resolutions for the new year that usually don't last more than a week or sometimes a few days. But there's effort. At least there's a desire. And there's some habits of thankful people that release, listen to me, they release the blessing of God into your life. They unloose the gift of God and the blessing of God. And we have peace with God. Romans 5.1 says we have peace with God. And God wants us to be peace. Jesus, one of the titles that he has is he is the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. 
and, and we are living in his kingdom. King Jesus is the prince of peace. And he wants to rule and reign over our lives and bring peace to us. And, you know, I'm just going to cover these quickly. Thankful people do what? They look up. And I'm just saying today, Psalms 5.3, the psalmist said, My voice you will hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you. And what does he say there? What's the last part of that? And I will look up. Psalmist also said, I will look unto the hills whence cometh my help. That is looking up. I just tell you, Shane, when you feel down, when you feel tempted, when the enemy comes against you like a flood, look up. You know what he wants you to do? He wants you to look around and he wants you to look back and he wants you to look down. Because looking down is the posture of somebody who is ashamed and somebody who has failed. And you have failed. But that does not define who you are. You are not a failure. God calls those things that are not as though they were, and he calls you victorious. Make it a daily habit to look up. Look up in the morning. What does the psalmist say? In the morning, I'm going to call your name. You know, when I look up, I look up when I get out of bed and I go into the shower and I look up. That's a prayer chamber for me, the shower. It's the first thing I see in the morning. Aren't you glad I take showers? You know what it does? It cleans me, washes me, makes me whole. And the shower of the living water of God will shower you and make you clean and make you whole. In everything, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks. I'm just telling you, I'm directing to Shane because God wants to minister to him special today. But there's others here today. Listen, when the enemy reminds you of your past, what does the scripture say? In everything give thanks. Don't give thanks because of what you were, but give thanks that you're not that anymore. That was a chapter in my history that the enemy wrote in my book, a chapter of my life, and God, who is the editor-in-chief, has said, I don't want that in your, in your past. It's not in your future. And he says this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God's will is for people of God to look up. There's a lot of reasons to look down today. There's a lot of things. A lot of things that the enemy wants to tear us apart in. Skip ahead to thankful people do what? They look around. Look around. You know, you know what the tendency is? is when we look around because of our fallen sin nature, we look around and we look at somebody who has it better off than what we have. And we look around and we think, oh, man, why did God bless that person? Why didn't he bless me like he blesses that person? And usually what we're talking about is we're talking about financially, aren't we, materially. That's the focus of the old sin nature is how much can I get and how soon can I get it and how long can I hold on to it? Right? The Bible says the love of 
Money leads to all sorts of evil. The root of ungratefulness is comparison. It's up here on your screen. The root of ungratefulness is comparison. When we are not thankful, it's because we're comparing what we have to others and finding ourselves coming up short. We get the short end of the stick. I had one person tell me many, many years ago, an older man, and he said, I don't understand why God blessed this other man. He's a millionaire, and I work just as hard as he did. And I was shocked. And I said, you know what? The Bible says it is God who gives the power to get wealth. Take it up with him. I don't know. I don't have answers for that. But I do know that looking at this man's life, that he had a great deal that God had blessed him with. Let's count our blessings. Amen? Let's remember what God has done for us. And then you'll find out when you count your blessings like that and you thank God for what you have that you'll suddenly begin to realize that God has really shown me favor. He has shown me favor. He has given me every good and perfect gift. Amen? Look around, but when you look around, don't look around at what you don't have. Look around to what God has given you. Take a look around and see what God has done. He has redeemed your life from hell. He's written your name in the book of life. Psalm 103 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Be a worshiper who remembers the goodness of God. Be a worshiper and remember with all of your soul, give yourself to worship of the living God. Bless his holy name, the psalmist cried out. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Don't forget what he's done for me. You don't have to look at your past and remember your failure, but look at your past and remember God's goodness. Is that despite how unworthy you were, God showed you his mercy, his loving kindness to you as new every single morning. That you're not what you used to be. You're not what you used to be. You're not what you're going to be, but you're not what you used to be. Thank God for that. That we're in process. You're in process. I realize that because of the negative sin nature that, Shane, when you screw up and you mess up, that there's going to be some people are going to say, see, I knew it wouldn't last. That's not God. Sometimes what do we do? We hear the word of the enemy, the negativity of the enemy, and we think and then we speak, and words are, from him are intended to be destructive. Think before you speak. Not every thought that floats around in your mind should be spoken. In fact, we're told in the scriptures that we're to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. If it doesn't line up with God, we make that quick discernment, cast it down. Get it out of there. I like what somebody said, you don't always have to say what you're thinking. What else does Scripture say? Bless and don't curse. Bless and don't curse. What the psalmist goes on to say, he starts talking about what he's not going to forget. Sometimes we forget. Forgives all my iniquities, every single one. 
this morning, I don't know why, maybe it's because of kind of going over this message, uh, going through the, all of a sudden I'm singing in my, kind of singing out under my breath this old hymn, and I thought, what is that old hymn? What's the name of that again? Uh, oh, it is well with my soul. <laughs> Say it with me. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. My sin, oh, my sin. What does that verse say? Not in part, but the whole. He has taken it away. The psalmist was glorying in God who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction. Listen, he redeems your life from destruction. There can be three plans for our life. Number one, there's God's plan A. Shane, I was like you. I screwed up plan A. <laughs> and, and the enemy told me, well, you screwed it up. It's just done. See what you did? You know what I found out? Because his tender mercies are new every morning. I, was, I wasn't smart enough to figure it out till later. But God always has a plan B. Because he's redemptive by his nature. He's redemptive. He buys back what we've squandered. When the prodigal son returned after squandering all of the inheritance God had given to him, his father had given to him, he came back to his father in rags with no shoes. Slaves didn't have shoes. He went out full, blessed of his father, and came back a slave. And the Bible says the father stood at the gate, looking down the road, anticipating and waiting for his son to come down that road. The son came back in rags, filthy rags. He'd been wallowing in the pigs. Hungry. Empty. And he said to himself, I screwed up. Ruined my life. Lost everything that God gave me. Maybe Maybe, just maybe, maybe he'll take me back and just let me be a slave, a servant in his house. You know what redemption is? Is the father ran to the son. And the son's trying to get the words out that he'd rehearsed. And he could only get a few words out. And he was shouted down as the father embraced that son. The filthy rags, the stench of sweat, and the filth of sin. And he yelled to the servants, quick, get a robe. 
Get shoes. Get a ring. You know what the ring was? It's a signet ring of authority. Get him a credit card. He's broke. We were broke. Empty. Nothing. Look around. Thank God he redeemed you, but look around. There's others out there just like you used to be. Don't forget where God brought you from. Don't dwell there, but don't forget because there's other people who need what you have. Somebody says, we want revival in the church. Well, then go out and win people to Jesus. Go out and tell them the good news is that this is what you are, but this is what God wants you to be. That God has a plan for your life. You screwed up plan A. Yes, we all do that. But God has a plan. He redeems your life from destruction and he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies and he satisfies your mouth with good things and so your youth will be renewed as an eagle's. You may have screwed up your youth and screwed up your life, but God has a new beginning for you. Thankful people look ahead. We need to be forward thinking. We need a vision. You need a vision for your life. Is God wants to show you what you need to do. If you're looking around saying, well, I'm going to do what this person does. I'm gonna, well, I want to do that. No, what does God want you to do? Where do you plug in? Where do you serve? Where do you partner? Who do you partner with to achieve and accomplish the vision of this church? And not just the vision of this church, but the church of Jesus Christ, universal. I just tell you, our ministry leaders, I'm, what am I thankful for? I look around, I was thinking when I was planning this, I'm so thankful for our department heads who have taken up the mantle of leadership and taken on the, the weight of responsibility, and God has given an anointing to them to fulfill that. I'm thankful for ministry to boys. I'm thankful for Jared. But Jared shouldn't have to beg and plead with quality Christian men to serve, to help him mentor boys so that they can become men of God. We should be lining up at the door saying, use me. Like what Andy says, put me in coach. Lisa does an extremely good job in girls' ministries. Lisa, I thank God for you. The day when you said, I will do this, taken over from your mother, she passed the mantle on to you. I thanked God for that because I wanted you. And you have never disappointed me. Thank God for people like that. I thank God for women's ministries, for Sandy, you take it up the mantle. I thank God for men's ministries. Tom, you took up the mantle, and look how God, look, look how God is using you. You, that, you wouldn't have chosen that for yourself, right? I mean, it's like God just, there's a need, and Tom says, I'll do, I'll do it. What does Isaiah say when he had a vision of God? Here am I, send me. 
Have you said that to God? Or have you said, I, wait a minute, God, maybe later. <laughs> not, not right now. I'm too busy doing my own thing. Now, you won't put it that way, but you'll say, I'm busy. I'm just too busy. Oh, I, I think I'll, you know, maybe later I might do something. Well, today is the day. Now is the accepted time for you to get busy. You know, I thank God for you, Lane. He came up to me this morning, wanted to talk to me, and Mike says, hey, this guy wants to talk to you. And Lane, you know what he said? He said, uh, Pastor, the snow blower is all ready to go. I've finished it all. The tractor's ready to go. You know, when I go out there to use it next time, it's going to work. And Lane's not even a deacon. He's been on the deacon board twice since I've been here, and each time he's left, he said, Pastor, if you ever need anything, just call me. And he's always been there. You don't need to be in the office of a deacon to serve. I've told deacons since I've been here, just because you're deacons doesn't mean you should do all the work. God wants to use other people. Other people need to be involved. You know, our deacons work so hard. You know what I'm thankful? When I look around, I'm thankful for quality leaders who have not holding an office, not having a title, but they serve because they love the Lord and they love this church. And they get a bad rap from critical people who would rather sit in the armchair of criticism rather than get involved themselves. My pastors work hard and they don't deserve to be picked at. Renee doesn't deserve your criticism to be picked at. She's doing the best she can. Mike's doing the best he can. I'm doing the best I can. You want a perfect pastor? Get Jesus. Oh, they crucified him. Oh. We will not have this man to rule over us. Remember that? Amen. Amen. I'm going to, worship team, start playing softly. We're going to close. Look around and look up. Look forward. Can I tell you something? This is only the beginning. I don't know why God has shown us extraordinary grace and mercy, but there appears to be the start of an incredible move of the Holy Spirit in this church that the devil tried to destroy and kill and to shut up. Let's press in today. Let's press in today. I'm going to ask those who I've asked to share a testimony to come forward. Pastor Mike, would you come with the microphone, please? Uh, Cora, would you come, please? Uh, Esther, would you come? Would you come and just share what... Connie, would you come? Mike, you help us out here. You come up here. Come up here. Mike's a wilting violet. He's shy in front of people. (laughs) 
you know, there's others. If anybody else got healed last week, there was a lot of words of knowledge last week. You come forward. Mary Liner was going to testify today. She was the one when he said somebody has a real problem with their ankle. A lot of pain. And Mary, she's going to share her testimony another time, but I'm just going to give the gist of it. If she responded, that's me. And Donna saw her afterwards. She said, hey, how's your ankle? She says, there's no pain at all. I saw her Wednesday night and said, hey, how's that ankle? Big smile. There's no pain at all. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. You know, some things, words of knowledge, you know, uh, people have issues. They go to the doctor. Let's verify it. When Donna got healed of cancer 46 years ago, doctor said, well, there's no test I can take at this point, but you're going to die if you don't keep your chemo up. Well, we chose to believe God. You need chemo for at least another year or you're going to die. Well, God did this and we just have to walk in faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to start with you because... You know what? You're a 20-year-old to date forward and mature beyond your years. It just shows you the man of God doesn't know everything, right? Okay. But uh, he did something, especially your, your uh, Jetta told me that next day, how are your ribs? Tell, tell the folks what happened. Um, so I got hurt at work, um, and... We went and got checked. I didn't have any broken ribs or anything wrong with my spleen or anything, but I had a lot of pain anytime I tried to breathe, and sleeping was very uncomfortable, which made it hard to do, like, anything. And this happened probably three weeks, four weeks ago. I don't know. And then, yeah, um, he kind of called me out. And it was really cool to just, like, feel the immediate healing of, like, the pain leaving my body. Um, it's not something that I felt before, so it was really cool to just experience that. And, yeah, it was really cool experience, and I thank God for it every day, every time I breathe. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I remember he said, <laughs> he kind of said something like, wow, God has a plan for your life. And, uh, you know, and I've, I've learned that whenever you get a, a word like that, that it's not a surprise, but it's a confirmation. And God has a plan for you. And maybe you know what that is. Maybe you have an idea. You don't have to say here this morning. But um, how did that make you feel? Um, it was, like, it was a cool feeling just knowing, like, God chose me out of the crowd to have someone, like, speak yeah. into my life that I do have something planned for my life, and that the work that I'm putting in is going to pay off. Amen. So. Amen. You pass it over to Tony. I, I was thinking you might have used a computer, a phone to put your stuff on, and we would see the differences in the generation here, the phone and the, the notes on the sheet of paper. Yeah, but, talk right um, into the mic. Okay. So recently I had some blood tests and it, it showed that I had some thyroid markers that were really low. 
Um, one of the markers that's supposed to be less than nine, mine was 419. Another one that was supposed to be less than four was 11. So I have some real issues with my thyroid. So when Pastor Dave was up here calling out, you know, some of the conditions, it was like, oh, Lord, please have him call out this thyroid because there's so many residual effects from it and uh, not sleeping well, the headaches, you know, all of that type of stuff. So, you know, I received the headache one. I had two nights of just beautiful sleep. It was lovely. And, you know, so I, I, I watched and enjoyed all the wonderful other healings that were going on. And and thyroid wasn't called. So I thought, well, okay, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm going to wait around. And after church, I'm going to go ahead and ask Pastor Dave to pray for me. So um, he prayed. And, and what was so interesting is that he made a statement when he was praying. He placed his hand on my thyroid, which is like a butterfly organ that, you know, on the front of your, your neck. And, and he, he's praying. And then he, he said that, Connie, um, this, is, this is not your thyroid. And, you know, so basically I took it in like, okay, it's, you know, it's not my thyroid. Well, what, then what is it? But it's something in your mind. And so, so as he went on, he talked and he said, you know, it's a psychosomatic concern. And so psychosomatic, I looked that up and I knew what it was, but I wanted just basically more. And it was nothing to do with an injury or a sickness or disease, but it had to do with the mind, your thoughts, your emotions. And pastor talked a lot about that today in church. And and so I, I, you know, I was just like, okay, you know, it manifested itself physically, but it, the roots was what I thought started out in my mind, my thoughts. And so um, he shared that it happened a long time ago. And immediately I went to a situation that I had been in, um, in a workplace that was very hostile, very evil. It just was not a good situation at all. And so it was like, oh, I, I instantly know what it was. And so, you know, he just went through and said, you know, you're, God's doing some stuff. His breath was all over me. God's breath was all over me. So, you know, that happened 28 years ago when I experienced that. And I had prayed. My sister was such a wonderful um, counterpart with me during that time and had given me the opportunity to really talk and share with her what was going on so we could pray through it. And I thought I dealt with all that stuff. And, you know, evidently I didn't. There was some residuals that were stuck in there. And, and so when he brought that forward, it was like, okay, the next morning, Monday morning, I called Colleen and I said, you know, Colleen, we got some more work to do. There's some, some things that are buried deep and needs to, I need to get rid of those. So we went into prayer and certainly, right, you know, things were identified and it was just like, oh, thank you, Lord. And so, um, you know, he, he exposed those buried emotions that I had that God wanted me to have released and gone and completely eradicated from my body because whatever he's got called for me as I walk forward is so that I can be in situations that are stressful and dressful but I don't have to respond or react because I wasn't responding. I was reacting to those emotionally. And, I, I, and then I was carrying all this emotional baggage and had gotten rid of some of it, but there was some that had, you know, really dug its tentacles in and didn't want to leave. So those, those are gone. And so I continue to move through without the headaches my thyroid, I don't believe, is completely healed, the physical thyroid, but that's coming. 
Every day I decree that on 11 27 22, God sent his word and he healed me and he delivered me from all my diseases. And I keep speaking that, I keep standing on that. He has showed me progressively this is gone, that's gone. And then I just continue to stand on that. So I, I encourage you to those of us that have had that experience and maybe are, are have felt like, oh, I lost that. I never looked at like I lost it. It was like, okay, God, you are showing me what I need to stand on. You are showing me where you are calling me and I'm walking on that journey right now. And he's using that and equipping me because each time I have a stressful situation, I get to now thank God and say, oh, you're making me practice and getting better. You're giving me the opportunity to practice this so I can get better and never have to re react like I did before. So I stand here to give God all the glory and praise for what right now he's doing in my life and can do in all of our lives. So thank you. Now, Esther. Esther, you, something happened last Sunday. Uh, you had just been up to the prayer line, and Connie had anointed you for prayer for your kidneys. Yes. Yeah, hold it up there. And, and right after that, there was... Now, I want you, if you're not familiar with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 gives a list of nine what we call power gifts given by the Holy Spirit that He releases according to His will. And words of knowledge are part of that, where <clears throat> someone can call out something or see something and know something that intellectually or relationally they never could have known. But he called out somebody with kidney problems and... Kidney disease. Kidney disease. And tell just a little bit about that. In 2013, I was diagnosed with stage 4 renal kidney failure. And I've been battling that all along. And every doctor's report, renal, kidney failure, stage four, kidney disease. And I'd write on it, I don't claim it, yeah. I don't yeah. receive it. And then my sister had a dream. I'm sorry. She said she saw an angel put two kidneys in my body. But yet every doctor's report, my blood was low. I have a shot every six to eight weeks to build my blood up because my blood keeps dropping. And I said, dirty devil, you will not steal my healing. You will not. And last week, this was before our pastor came, Pastor Dave came and Mark would come upstairs and he'd say, oh, she's screaming at the devil again. He thought I was calling for him at least five times that week. It's like, okay, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? And then Connie prayed for me, and I just felt different. And when the pastor called out kidney disease, I just screamed, I receive it, I claim it. And then later on, he prayed for me. And he said, God has plans for you. And he even shared with me that because of my name, Esther, I was made fun of, and oh, yes, I was when I was young. But how he knew that, and he says, God has plans for you. Something about a queen, I was just so overtaken, mm -hmm. I don't remember. And he says, go ahead, go down. And when he said that, I went down, 
But it was different this time. It was like from my waist down, I was numb. I kept saying to Mark, I can't get up. And the church was spinning. Now, you're probably going to laugh. It was going this way, and it would stop. And it would spin this way and stop. Then it would come this way and stop. And I've never felt that before. And I claim it, and I receive it as my healing. I go in Tuesday for another lab test. And I just pray that it's going to be good. The doctor's going to say, we better repeat this test because... I don't see any kidney disease. No. And all the glory to you, Lord, and praise and honor and thanksgiving. Because yeah. you're, you're, you're my God. You're the Lord, my Lord. You're my physician. Yes. My mighty physician. Yes. And I believe in your healing, and I claim it every day. And I'll continue to cast out that devil who's trying to yeah. steal Amen. my healing. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now, Pastor Mike, why don't you... You and Cora lay hands on Connie, and you pray for the fruition of that healing. Come on, people, pray with us. Extend your hands this way. Lord, thank you for what you started. Lord, and thank you for the, the effects that Connie is already feeling better. She's feeling stronger. She is sleeping. The headaches are gone. Lord, she is asking for this healing to be completed, to be, uh, Lord, finished. And so, Lord, we are praying and asking in faith where you tell us to, if any among you is sick, come before the elders. And, Lord, a prayer of faith will make them well. Lord, that's all we got is faith in our God. And nothing is hard or difficult or impossible for Jesus and Lord continue the work continue the healing and may it be finished soon Lord within her body thyroid numbers be correct and proper be in the normal range and Lord uh, we pray for that report we ask for it and we believe in it Lord for it Lord may we uh, we anticipate Lord a good report the next time Connie testifies the next uh, schedule she has Lord we thank you for it in Jesus mighty name. Yes, God. Amen. Yes, God. Now let's lay hands on Esther. Mike, would you come over and stand behind uh, Esther? Yeah. Okay. Would you pray with us? Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, we, in Jesus' name, cast anxiety away and receive the peace of God that passes all understanding. And in Jesus' name, guard Esther's heart and mind with a garrison of soldiers. And bring to pass her desires and what was spoken over her, God, in Jesus' name. Peace. Rest. Just rest in Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Mike, you want to help Pastor down? 
And I, let's give them a hand. So give the Lord a hand. Now, we're going to worship and open up the altars for your prayer if you have need of prayer. But you know, just what I'm going to say is, you know what I, my heart soared when, uh, when Dave called up Cora because of your youth. And you, sh- you shared what I thought you felt, that it felt God called me out of a crowd. He noticed me. And I, I, I just want to, something else is going on in North Dakota, several states away, is my grandson, my oldest grandson called me and he said, Grandpa, shared what God did last week. He says, oh, Grandpa, he said, I have, I was in church and uh, they were talking about prayer and believing God for prayer and he said, and I thought in my mind, now listen, it's important that we capture every thought that disagrees with the Word of God and the truth of God. And he said, Grandpa, I said, he's 18. I said, in my mind, I don't really think that God even hears my prayers and answers. Just like that, his dad, who's the pastor, stood up and said, word of knowledge, somebody here today, just now, said to themselves, that I don't think God hears my prayers or will answer my prayers. And God wants you to know that I do. And he's Grandpa, I couldn't believe God did that for me. He was in awe. Fast forward a little bit. He said at church, he said there was an altar. He says, I went down to the altar, Grandpa. I've never, ever done this before. His emotions are very even, balanced. He said, I knelt down to pray. And he said, I couldn't stop bawling. I was sobbing and crying at the altar. He said, a lady, an intercessor, came up to me and held my hands up and began to speak the word of God over me and prophesy the word over me. And he said, I've never had an experience like that, Grandpa. He says, then I went with my dad to the minister's cohort, pastor's cohort. And he said uh, the normal leader of the cohort wasn't there, so they had Drew Becker, who's an evangelist. He said he was taking it that day. He hadn't seen me since I was young. As soon as he saw me, he came over to me and said, you're Mark's son, aren't you? Aren't you Ethan? And he said, well, yes. And he laid his hands on him and began to prophesy. (laughs) Dealing with his fear and confusion that I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And the word of the Lord, he sent me a copy of it, an audio, is you don't have to worry. Basically what it said, not word for word, but God will unfold this. You don't have to worry about it. See? And so I asked Cora, what he spoke over her was a confirmation because God already had that in Ethan's heart. God knows what's in your heart. He knows all about your fears. He knows all about your failures. He knows all about your anxiety. The devil wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your life. 
but he wants you to come into agreement with him for him, for you to, him to do that. Don't ever come into an agreement with a liar. Okay? Ever. 